What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, I-, I did it two times in a row, and then I broke it that time. I'm your co-host, Jacob Carnes. I'm building it. It's habits, man. You know, we've, I- I've I'm done fine this- with you saying host. I mean, you open Look, and close the show. You say all the stuff. You know, you, I don't know. You, you and I are equal, man. I, 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 I don't know why. I, I, heard, I, was listening, I was listening to our show the other day, and I heard it. I said this a couple episodes ago, but I was like, hey, we're both co-hosts. I need to say co-host. So, or like we're I'm Jacob Carnes, your host, joined by my other host. I, I feel just like co-host is still we're both hosts. I don't know. I I'm think overthinking if you start it. with co-host, if you start with host and then and you then say co- co-host, I don't you're think co-hosting. That that's, right. It's yeah, like yeah. a comma. It's like you're using a comma in language, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like you're emphasizing it. <laughs> So this is what the people came to listen to. Let's <laughs> talk about. I don't know why intro. they're here otherwise. <laughs> oh goodness! Well, we do have college football to talk about, and it's week eight, and I don't know how week eight could live up to week seven, but college football man has a way of never disappointing, and even if it might not live up to you know a Tennessee taking down Alabama kind of Saturday, uh, it's still going to be a great Saturday of college football. So. Daniel, you and I are covering seven games, seven of Week Eight's best games. We're going to talk about LSU, Ole Miss, your ten to two LSU Tigers, uh, right. Oregon, and UCLA, Clemson and Syracuse, Oklahoma State, Texas, TCU, Kansas State, Ohio State, Iowa, and Alabama, Mississippi State. But before we talk about those seven games, Daniel, what's a game we're talking about? Excuse me, what's a game we're not talking about? You're excited to watch? Yeah, I um. Typically not excited about watching, but a Thursday night game, uh, Georgia Tech and Virginia, wanting to see if Georgia Tech can continue. They're 2-0 under Brent Key. We've kind of been looking at this with these interim coaches uh, at all these schools, you know, Nebraska with, or uh, N- Nebraska at uh, Wisconsin with Jim Leonard, and then at um, – who Arizona State? They're they're just everybody. All these fill-ins have been doing a good job of of winning ever since. And I'm kind of curious to see if Georgia Tech may have found their guy if he continues to do uh, do well. They had the week off last week. They come into a Thursday night game against Virginia, very beatable opponent. Um, but Georgia Tech in years past, there's no such thing as a beatable opponent. So um, are they able to capitalize? Are they able to be above 500? For the first time in, I guess, did they win? They didn't win their first game this year, and they didn't win their first game last year. It's been a while. It's been a while since they've been above five hundred. So, anyways, uh, big big week for Georgia Tech. Big week indeed. Uh, shout out to my coworker Thomas, who told me I was extremely wrong for uh, one of my best win total bets of the year, being Georgia Tech under three and a half. He said, I was seriously counting out this team. To be fair, I th- I will stand by the fact that I had the right side here because who could have predicted that firing a head coach would make the players wake up and play the hardest they've played in four years? Right. So I, I really feel like I had the right side and that, hey, texting all these a lot of games are going to fire their head coach. At that point, it'll already be derailed. In the portal you know, era, These this is the ultimate, like, you know, quit on your quits. team yep. era. And they haven't. So credit to them. We'll see what credit happens. To them. Daniel, I will go easy one. 
7.30, ABC, the whiteout. Now, I understand that Penn State tradition of doing the whiteout is a night game. And shout out to Fox, big noon kickoff. Ohio State's coming in. Is that next week? Two weeks? Yes. No, that's next. Yes. Next week? Yeah, next week. That game will be at noon. And so they're not doing the whiteout for Ohio State. I think they should have done the whiteout for Ohio State. The record of Even during the day? Oh, yeah. The record of Penn State. Here's the thing. If the fan base is serious about it, the fan base will embrace the whiteout no matter the time of day. I really do believe that. So I understand it's better at Not that fan base. But... Look, you're only a four and a half, you know, point favorite against Minnesota anyway. But the fact that the whiteout did not make our list, it's on them. You know what I mean? Like it could have been Ohio right. State because that will be on our games to pick next week. Uh, so win the whiteout, your biggest home field advantage. Like their record against a spread is astounding when the whiteout's in town. They're it's like they hold opponents to ten points per game less than their season average on on during their whiteout games. It, it's like astounding the home field advantage they have and like the stats to back it up. It's almost like if the fans just did that every week, they'd have an elite team. But there's something special about doing it once. But I agree. But it, you know, it's we'll see. But you also can't, you know. Anyway, but the whiteout. I'm excited to watch the whiteout. Incredible, incredible atmosphere. Uh, I'd love to go one day. I've never been, but. They do a really good job of showing the whiteout in its glory on TV. So shout out to ESPN and ABC for doing that. All right, Daniel, let's dive in. Game number one, we got to start here, right? So LSU and Ole Miss. LSU at home, a one and a half point favorite. They're coming in. They four and two or five and two? They're five and two. Five and two. Ole Miss, seven and oh. Yeah. A very, a very quiet. Seven and zero, and this team's not as flashy as last year's team. I don't think they're as good as last year's team. Maybe they're different. We'll see. They're very, very, very different teams. But they're a very quiet seven and zero. Uh, but LSU at the home point favorite. Where are you going in Death Valley? Yeah, this one started out as a two point favorite for Ole Miss and has quickly worked its way um, to a you know point and a half in LSU's favor. Uh, you know where I'm going, so let's let's not waste time there. Uh, 10 and 2 LSU is a thing. It's happening now. Um, Ole Miss running the ball, I do think, is a big deal. I think that they're going to be able to do that against LSU. Um, I think that this kind of plays into LSU's game plan, though. I think the LSU secondary is its weakest um, component of the defense. And I don't think that Jackson Dart will light them up by any means. I think that they'll have a good day. I think it'll be a positive day. They'll score points against LSU. But on the flip side, I think that uh, uh, Jaden Daniels has found his rhythm with these wide receivers. They went on the road in the swamp and were not out of rhythm at all. He is hitting his guys. Um, They looked good. This is a good wide receiver unit. I've been on it all year. Um, They're just now getting that connection that they needed to. Um, this is a phenomenal game, though. I'm really excited that it's the SEC game of the week on CBS because I think that, you know, we've talked about production and all that kind of stuff. It's just going to be really well done. Um, and LSU, a team that doesn't have just a natural every-year rival, you know, people will point to the Bama-LSU game, but Bama's biggest rival is, you know, Auburn and then, you know, some would argue Tennessee. So you think about LSU having several rivalries. This is one of those that doesn't get talked about a lot. These fans don't really like each other. So um should be a fun atmosphere for this game. But yeah, give me the Tigers 
lay the point and a half. LSU is coming off, I think, their best performance. And Jaden Daniels, I think his best passing performance of his career Probably. last week in Gainesville, the receiver showed out. You know, we talked before the year that LSU might have the best – one of the best receiving cores in the SEC, may, maybe the best. And Well, now Tennessee, ha- I don't know, you know. Well, like I said, preseason <laughs> we were saying we'll see. And they haven't lived up to that at all. And then last Saturday they they did. that. Like they had – Every guy making plays. Uh, Kayshawn had his best game right. uh, this season. But I think of these two teams, the more balanced team is Ole Miss. I think there, there's a reason they're undefeated, and that's why I'm making this, Daniel, my WTF game of the week. It's time to get above 500. We're at 500 for the season. Time to go 3-2 and two with the WTF game of the week. Wrong team favored here. Uh, going Ole Miss, I think they went outright. So I'll, of course, take my one and a half points. You know, Kiffin's known for the offense he puts on the field, but he they've done a really good job defensively this season, and that's despite losing DJ Durkin to Texas A&M. I thought mm-hmm. that was a big loss for them because he had done a great job last year getting Ole Miss's defense in the place where they could go 10-2 and two last year after being abysmal the, the season before. Um, th- this is the top 40 defense in college football. So credit to this coaching staff for getting them in in this kind of position at Ole Miss. Uh, Kiffin's also known for having a phenomenal pass offense, but it's their rush offense that has been impressive this season. The pass offense that's taken some time to come around. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's my biggest mismatch of this game is I think the Ole Miss rush offense against LSU's rush defense is a giant mismatch. And this, this is a strength on a weakness. I think on the other side of the ball, like I like LSU to score some points here, but I just think Ole Miss can control this game with the run game. They have the better defense of the two teams. Uh, LSU's rush defense ranks 70th in the country in EPA allowed per play. Ole Miss ranks 7th in EPA per play as far as rush offenses go. So I think that's my deciding factor. And in a game where I'm splitting hairs of two very good teams, uh, I'm picking this my mismatch. I think Ole Miss is the better team. So WTF game of the week. We're going for three and two. Taking Ole Miss plus the points. I love it. And this would ruin 10 and 2 LSU. So it would. It would. To, I think that's why you're pulling for it a little more. <laughs> right. Well, and wrong team favorite whole deal is, you know, started with Ole Miss being favored that's earlier true. in the week. So you're actually kind of going with what Vegas might be thinking. That's right. You're against the public money, which is what's Always. pushed LSU. So <laughs> I'm pro public. So fade the public. We're going to yeah. fade some more teams here in a little bit, not to worry. Uh, mm-hmm. next Oregon and UCLA. This is my favorite game on the slate this week. I mean, of course, top 10 matchup in Austin. Chip Kelly's return to Oregon has not mm. coached a game against Oregon or in Oregon, at least, uh, since he left there in 20, 2014 is last year. Yeah. Okay. So he coached the playoff team and then took yeah. the, took the Eagles. Yeah. So been a while. Uh, where are you going? In where are they? Eugene. I was like, they're not in Portland. Eugene. Where are you yeah, going, no. Eugene? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I've, I've been really high on Oregon this year. This is going to be their greatest test in the conference so far. Obviously, they started with Georgia, and we didn't really know what to make of it. Since that point, they have looked like a very solid, complete team um, in many aspects. They have been very efficient. Uh, I think more of that continues against UCLA. I think UCLA is going to give them – 
um, one of the best games of the year. This five and a half points really feels like right at, you know, a good number, but obviously it's less than a touchdown. Um, I think ultimately if Oregon's going to win this game, it's going to be by more than a touchdown because they're going to be um, just, they're, they're going to have to get a lead and keep it and try to pace ahead um, of what, of what UCLA is going to be bringing to the table. Um, I, I do like Dorian Thompson Robinson with UCLA. I do think that they have good lines of scrimmage. And I think that's actually going to be a really good matchup for both teams. And how often do you talk about that in the Pac-12 where this is a line of scrimmage game where you're going to have Oregon and UCLA who can out bully the other one. So I think Oregon's going to be able to do it. I think they've got a few more dudes on that side of the ball and on both sides of the ball. Um, so I think ultimately they're going to win lay this five and a half. Um, it, it's just kind of a weird stinky number in the middle there of a touchdown and field goal. So uh, lay the points. Give me Oregon. For a lot of people, the last time they saw Oregon was Oregon getting run off the field 49 to three against Georgia. And after that, I think people kind of turned off Oregon and they've quietly won six games in a row after that. And so, or, or they're they five, they're five and one. So five games in a row after that. Uh, beat a couple, I think, are good teams, uh, and, and they've dominated bad teams. Now, that's what good teams do is you, you just beat the bad teams really bad. That's, that's what you're supposed to do if you're a good team. Uh, the last time we saw UCLA, they were beating Washington and Utah, two teams that were undefeated and coming in with one loss uh, that looked really, really good, and, U, and UCLA was underdogs in both of those games, and they kind of boat raced both teams in different ways. So UCLA's offense – with DTR looks like it reminds me a lot of Oregon's offenses under Darren Thomas. So right before Mariota, that 2010 team that went to the national championship, uh, DTR reminds me a lot of Darren Thomas, which is like, I mean, that's Chip Kelly's bread and butter, like a, a spread run offense that gets to pass the ball, which is fun to watch. Uh, here's some of my keys to the game. UCLA has only played one road game so far this season. And it was against Colorado. So not, not that uh, intense of an environment. They've not played on the road. So this is their second true road game. This will be the first road game in which they're in a raucous environment. Autzen, for its size, I've heard pound for pound, one of the loudest stadiums in the country. Uh, Bo Nix is playing the best football of his career. Uh, he's looking like a genius for leaving Auburn when oh, he yeah. did. Uh, Oregon's offense ranks second in success rate in the country. They're a super efficient offense. And this this is including their poor performance against Georgia. So the fact that they've overcome that stat, they're number two in the offense and success in, in offensive success rate. Uh, their defense has not lived up to the hype that I think they had preseason, uh, both of those linebackers and their defensive line. But to be honest, I don't think it's going to matter. I just think Oregon's is able to outscore UCLA here. And so mm-hmm. I think this is about a touchdown game. I like that it's five and a half because I get like a couple points of of buffer there. So give me Oregon, lay the five and a half. I, I think UCLA playing in a, tr- a really tough true road environment uh, is going to play a factor here. So give me UCLA, lay the points. All right. Let's go to Clemson. So Clemson, 13 and a half point home favorites, undefeated versus undefeated matchup yeah. against Syracuse. Wow. And I mean, I'll just stop there. Syracuse is undefeated. Uh, coming into Clemson, they're 13 and a half point favorites. Daniel, where are you going? Clemson is a 13 and a half point favorite. Where are you going in the other Death Valley? 
what is this 2018? Like, right. um, you know, this is, <laughs> uh, I, everything about this game just scares me. Like if, if I was just picking games, you know, like on our side sheet where we just pick which ones we feel most confident about, I don't feel confident about this one. Not this is one it. that I'm running away and hiding. Um, <laughs> I think Clemson should win. It makes sense. Um, Syracuse gets in these ugly games and just dominate. If this was a Friday night, I would, <laughs> I would Syracuse. lay the hammer down on Syracuse. <laughs> it's happening, but this is on Saturday. Clemson's used to playing on Saturdays, and so I, I really have to treat this one with kid gloves. It's less than two touchdowns, which makes me feel good. But there's something about this one. Um, I'm taking Clemson because that's the way I'm going to sleep at night is by taking them because they're the better team. I think that their defense is going to keep it looking ugly for Syracuse's offense. And I think that their offense is going to be able to do just enough against Syracuse uh, to cover this 14-point spread. I don't like them running and going going away and hiding in this game either. So I think it's like a 28-14 or, you know, make it a weird-looking score. They're just two touchdowns ahead. Like – you know, 26 to 12, it, it could be that, you know, <laughs> just that, but they're going to win by two touchdowns. I feel, I feel good about that. But like I said, this one's the, my least confident pick of the entire sheet. Yeah. Syracuse has been a huge surprise team this season. And to be honest, a team I was very wrong about. I mean, I think I had had we three and were. nine on Syracuse beginning of the season. So uh, that's something I whiffed on there. Uh, Syracuse, this is their offense, especially, has been one of the stories of the season so far. So, a cool stat Brian Freemal came up with this. Uh, he does FEI rankings. Uh, he does a, he came up with available yards. So, you know, if you think about if you start on the 20 or your own 20 on a drive, there are 80 available yards for you to gain. All right. right. So, he started tracking how many, like what percentage of your available yards that you gain during the game. It's just a cool way to track how's your offense doing. So, you know, if you had three drives that started from your own 20, that's 180 total yards. Hundred Oh, gosh. That's why I don't do math on it. 240 total that's yards. Three, yeah, that's three. 80 times three. Yeah. 240 <laughs> total yards. And, you know, let's say you got, you know, 200 yards. So whatever that fraction is, uh, that's your percentage of total yards. So, of available yards. All that being said, Syracuse ranks third in the country in available yards. So they are just chomp like charging down the field every time they get the football. So they're 80%. often one of the surprise, thank you, one of the surprise stories uh, of the season. But man, the defense is playing well too. This is a balance. They, they are a good team. I just think Clemson's better. And yeah. I think Clemson's better at home. I think the difference in this game, similar to almost an LSU, it's Clemson's rush offense against Cuse's rush defense. And I think I'm with you. I think it's a lower scoring game because I think, look, big game Dabo just wants to win by a point. <laughs> like he, he's cool with, hey, one point. Uh, I, I think Clemson's going to be able to ice this game away late with their run game where you know, they get the ball with eight minutes left and score a touchdown with a minute left, just running Will Shipley down the field and mm -hmm. one by two touchdowns. I think this is a great line. 
I'm with you. One of my least confident plays of the day, but I like it being under two touchdowns. So I'll lay the 13 and a half with Clemson. Uh, give me the Tigers in this one. All right, Dingle, to the Big 12 we go. Oklahoma State hosting Texas. Uh, Texas, though, a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. Oklahoma State coming off of their first loss of the season to TCU. How do they respond in Stillwater? Yeah, so going from my least confident pick to my most confident pick. Ooh. Um, give me Texas. Hook them. They are going to take down the Cowboys. I think they win by three touchdowns in this game. Um, So it's a line of scrimmage deal for me. I think that Texas is good on both lines of scrimmage. And then Quinn Ewers is just, I mean, he's just a complete difference maker for this team um, on many levels. So I'm very confident. I think the reason I'm more confident is because of what they did last week against Iowa State. Last week was, you know, we talked about, you know, the, when you're clunkers, whatever that whole, the whole deal is that was the scare they needed and they still won. They had a couple opportunities to lose that game last week. Um, And I think that they were able to, you know, weather the storm. This is a different Texas team than what we've seen the past five, six years where they would have lost that game last week. They didn't lose that game Um, going into this week. I think that that wake up call, leads to a really focused, anticipated, you know, matchup here. Um, And I just think, you know, Oklahoma State coming in, you know, limping, kind of reeling after an emotional back-and-forth game with TCU. Um, I I just – Texas is the better team. I only have to – I lay less than a touchdown. Texas is definitely winning by a touchdown. So, that's why I'm so confident. I think it's a three-score game. But a touchdown, easy. Hook them. You know, last week – was the ultimate letdown spot. I almost took Iowa State in our picks we do on the side just because I'm like, I think it's going to be impossible for them to show up and play that way two weeks in a row. Like, they let out every bit of frustration on Oklahoma last week. Uh, So, I'm just, I think Texas winning that game said a lot about Texas. Mm. Uh, Daniel, this one's easy. I, I, I did run numbers on this one. I didn't just, you know play my, my plays here, but I'll be honest, the numbers disagree with me on this, but I also think that the numbers have not caught up to how good Texas is with Quinn Ewers. And principal play here, though, fade Oklahoma State, yeah. fraudulent. Uh, and then second principal, principal play times two, ride Texas here. I picked them to win the Big 12 preseason. I was feeling real bad after Quinn Ewers went down, and, man, I'm feeling good again. Because I think they they can legitimately win out. They can win this conference at ten and two. They could win it at nine and three. I, I think that's very very possible. They can find their way in the championship game at nine and three. But right, Texas man, mm. they're the best. They have the best team in the Big Twelve with Quinn Ewers. And uh, yeah, principal play times two. Fade Oklahoma State. Ride Texas and live happy. Uh, I'll say my most confident play was almost LSU. So that mm-hmm. one actually is on our uh, our other picks. So. We'll see. Well, you're going to be right. sad. I'm so on I'm going to be sad on Saturday. LSU. Hey, it went 7-3 and three last week. Having a comeback after uh, David Cobb, shout out. I don't know if you saw him talking smack uh, on our message board. He said, ever since we took away win totals, you and I have been slipping. And then I come back with a 7-3 week. So I don't even know what I did last week. So it's all good. I think you're at six wins. You were 6-4. and four. I think you're above 500. Anyway. Okay. All right, Daniel. Let's stay in the Big 12. 
TCU and Kansas State. TCU coming in undefeated. They are sitting now at number eight in the AP poll. So top 10 team, three and a half point favorites against Kansas State. Kansas State's only loss coming to now ranked Tulane. Uh, where are you going in Fort Worth? This is a good one. I like I like this game, a good matchup of purple teams. A lot of purple. I think we're going to be confused when you just look glance at the game if you have it on a second screen and you're not paying close attention because of the purple. So you're really going to have to have, you know, your head on a swivel here. But uh, Kansas State, you know, TCU coming off that emotional win, I think it's a big deal that they're undefeated. I think they stay undefeated. I think they win this game. But three and a half, I like that hook. Um, similar to last week, you know, we picked TCU to lay a three and a half and they won by three. I'm not going to let that happen two weeks in a row because I trust Kansas to lock them into a game. I think TCU is going to play a game that they don't like to play, but TCU, I think has enough talent and enough skill. I think they're going to win this game closely. So, uh, but I do think Kansas state can win outright. Um, so that's one of the principles in which I'm taking this three and a half points. Um, I know I'm threading a needle here as far as what my prediction of the game is. I think TCU wins a close one. Give me the three and a half for Kansas state though. Um, this is the type of game that they just muddy up for, um, for someone like TCU who likes, who likes everything to run smoothly. It's funny. I almost said the same exact thing because I thought to myself, same line, we missed it by a half point last yeah, time. Fool me twice. Can- yeah. Yeah. No way. I'm caking Kansas State, but no, no, no. no. Fool me three times. Shame on me. Uh, I'm I'm gonna lay the points here at TCU. I'm gonna play the other side and say, I would hate if I didn't lay it here and then they covered the three and a half. And then they finally did. So yeah. yeah, I'm going same principle. Other That's side smart. of it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> some analysis though, but both teams uh, are are efficient on offense and defense. Kansas State is a more defensive-laden team. Uh, I, I think they have one of, if not the best defense in the Big 12. But look, in the modern era, if you don't have a historic defense, then offense just beats defense. And TCU has the more explosive offense, especially in the passing game. Uh, Quentin Johnson has come alive the last three games. And I think their explosiveness on offense is what allows them to get the win here and win by a touchdown. I, I am worried, though. We're talking college football. We're talking about getting 18, 22-year-olds to get emotionally and like psychologically ready to play. Mental game. They have been up for three straight weeks. I almost took Kansas State and just the perfect. It's hard to do it three straight weeks. It's really hard to do it four. They're playing another tough game. You know, you're coming off of Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State last week. All three came in. Like as big games, at the, you know, Oklahoma was a big game at the time. Oklahoma at that point was undefeated, right? Yeah. Yes. So can they do it four straight weeks? That's my only worry there. But TCU is the better team here. So I, I will bet on the fact that TCU is the more complete team, more explosive team, and I will lay the three and a half points. All right, Daniel, we haven't gotten to talk about this team in a few weeks. And so we threw this game on here. You know, it's a big line. Not that it's going to be, we think, a close game. Well, maybe I'll see what you say. <laughs> like it's gonna be a close game. The line at 29 and, a, 29 and a half, but Ohio State haven't got to talk about them in a few weeks because they've been laying a lot of point spreads like this, to be honest. Uh, right. But they're on big new kickoff. They're playing Iowa, which was supposed to be a huge game preseason. Let's talk about the Buckeyes, which ranked number one in our extra point rankings. Yeah, big, 
big noon kickoff. Um, I'm just, I think this is a perfect line. So the spread is 29 and a half and right. That's what we got. 29 and a half or 28 and a half. Yeah. 29 and a half. That one point doesn't really matter, but um, Iowa known for defense known for awful offense. Is there a worse offense in college football history? Um, I don't know. <laughs> they defensively are a very good team, very competent. Um, and I think that uh, this game has given me a lot of strife because on the one hand, Iowa has given up zero plays of 40 plus yards this year. Zero. That's an Ohio State specialty. All right. I think you got to look at opponent, but then also I think Iowa does a good job of limiting those big plays. That being said, I don't think that Ohio State needs big plays to score 30 plus points. And I keep trying to find a scenario in which I think that Iowa can score 10 points. Can Iowa score 10 points? and force Ohio State to score 40 on a pretty good Iowa defense. Because if that is the case, then I'm taking Iowa. But I've tried several times, and outside of like three blocked punts, I just don't see Iowa scoring more than six points on Ohio State. So I'm just going to have to lay these points. There's no way I can feel good about this. I'll feel sick to my stomach if I take Iowa – and 29 and a half points. I've never been sick to my stomach taking 29 and a half points, but I would be if I took Iowa. So give me the Buckeyes and I'm going to lay these points. I'm also laying the points. <laughs> I think Ohio State's the best team in the country. Uh, here's the thing Ohio State is the only team in the country that has won all of their games by double digits. Ohio State's offense ranks number one in EPA per play, success rate and points per drive. Their defense has been night and day different under Jim Knowles. They are ninth in EPA allowed per play. They are third in success rate allowed, seventh in points per drive allowed. I bet preseason that, hey, after watching some Ohio State games last year, the talent's still there. They were in the wrong place all the time last season. This is a quick fix on defense, and it has been a quick fix on defense. It's amazing when you have a simple scheme where players don't have to know a thousand things and you put them in the right place, what four and five stars will do when they're put in the right place at the right time. Uh, on the contrary, do you want to know the worst case of nepotism in this great country of ours, Daniel? It's happening at the University of Iowa, where Kurt Ferentz's son is the offensive coordinator. In Iowa... Not Brian Ferentz. It's Kurt Ferentz's son. That's right. I don't, you got to say it that way. That's right. Uh, I said it a certain way. Uh, Iowa's offense ranks 130th in EPA per play on offense, 126th. So they're ahead of somebody. Success rate. Okay. One, one team. Yep. They're not last. Uh, 129th in points per drive okay. with a top 15 defense. And that's a shame. Because we're not even asking you to be amazing on offense. I'm saying, can you be top 70 and they can be a top 25 team in the country? Uh, it's ridiculous. Here's the thing. They might limit Ohio State on scoring. 
I don't think so. I think that dam breaks in the second half. Yeah. And we're going to be sweating it in the first half. The first half, I'm already going to tell you, it's going to be like 14 to nothing or 14 to three at halftime. I'm going to be sitting here kicking myself that I didn't pick Iowa. And then, like you were saying, the dam's going to break. Second half, they just can't keep doing it. Here's the thing. Do I think they can hold Ohio State to under 30? No. They're not scoring. That's what – yeah. Ohio State's got to score 31, and that's it. Game over. We get the cover. So I'm laying the points. Uh, I'm picking Ohio State. Again, I think this is the best team in the country. And there is some rumors that a certain Jackson Smith and Jigba is coming back this week. Ooh. And this receiver room like that has been names. amazing without him is only going to get better. And I can't imagine how this offense is going to look when they get their best receiver back. So, uh, yeah, give me the best team in the country. Give me Ohio State. Lay the 29 and a half. Easy. All right, last game going back to the SEC. Alabama and Mississippi State. This is also a game of ranked opponents. Alabama now ranked sixth in the AP poll. Mississippi State 24th coming off of their loss against Kentucky. Alabama at home, 21 and a half point favorites. Where are you going in Tuscaloosa? So, again, this is just – it's getting tougher each week because we just – I don't know what Alabama is. Are they Alabama? Are they – you know, some shell of Alabama? Are they just getting over some stuff? Was it the refs? Um, I don't know, you know? Conspiracy. I don't know what to believe. If you're on Twitter, it could be anything, you know? <laughs> Depends on what thread you're following. That being said, Miss- Mississippi State has not scored a touchdown in Bryant-Denny Stadium since Dak Prescott threw one in 2014. Well, I didn't know that. So... It only makes sense to take Mississippi State plus 21 and a half. Because you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to just go in here and expect the Tide to blow somebody out who's been a quality opponent. They let Texas A&M hang around, and I'm fading the heck out of Texas A&M. So what I'm not doing is fading Mississippi State. I'm going to let them hang around. I think Alabama wins because they should, and they're Alabama, and they can roll the helmets out there and win this game. They're way more talented. Mike Leach could very well come in here, lay an egg. So far, this team has proven to be a good team, and I don't see them getting run out of that stadium. So, you know, I think Alabama could win by two touchdowns, and I'm going to feel good with this 21-and-a-half points. They could win by three touchdowns, and I still feel good with the hook. So, I just – normally I feel better about taking Alabama. I'm better with taking these points. So give me Mississippi state plus 21 and a half. So some good news for you, Daniel, uh, went to our stats and info department, AKA I just scrolled through our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you could follow us on Instagram at the extra point pod Is this, uh, and on Facebook, Elias sports bureau. They looked up our, you know, archives. That's right. That's okay. right. Uh, we have picked four Alabama games so far this year on the podcast. You have picked Alabama every time, and you are one in three in picking Alabama against the spread. Uh, I have picked Alabama twice. I'm zero and two, picking against Alabama one and one. Are we fading Alabama now? Is I'm just saying that I'm just saying that against the spread, you're one and three. Will you join me with your only win coming? Where was it? It wasn't a it wasn't AM, obviously. It was a week before that. They played 
Arkansas. And that, man, that was a backdoor cover. I mean, it, it, it was a home run if Bryce Young doesn't get hurt. But, yeah, I'm joining you. Here's the yes. thing. Pr- principle says, well, in my gut, it was like, Bama just lost. This is going to be a take out all the frustration. You game. almost went saving principle on it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me too. Alabama cannot look past Mississippi State because we were texting about it with our buddy Hunter. Uh, Tennessee capitalized on problems that were exposed by Texas and Texas A&M and even a little bit of Arkansas in the second half uh, with Alabama's defense. And, Don't count out Utah State. They were on – I'm just kidding. <laughs> and Tennessee just – it was already exposed. Tennessee just capitalized on it. Yeah. Um, Mississippi State has – I'm not going to say Tennessee's pass offense – they they have a very, very good pass offense with a good quarterback and good receivers that can do the same type of thing to Alabama's defense. I don't think Alabama loses this game. I think they win. But I think they can win by 20. I just think 21 and a hook is a little much. And also I'm 0-2 in picking Alabama against the spread this year. I can at least get above 500 picking against Alabama here. There you go. So uh, I think Alabama's dying to get to a bye week which is next week. I think they are very happy with a seven-point win so that they can go fix some stuff in the bye week. Uh, this is not a spot where they can just roll over. Mississippi State can, can capitalize on the same problems that Tennessee did. So I thought this was going to be your wrong team favorite of the week, to be fair. I thought it was going to be your WT. Not wrong team wrong favorite. Wrong team favorite, but not it's not. this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I meant to look up. I'm curious. I'm going to go look it up after our show now. I might tweet it. You can follow me at Jacob Carnes with a K. You can follow Daniel at Deep South Daniel uh, on Twitter. I'm curious to see Bama's record against the spread after a loss under Saban. Somebody had to have had to have posted this by now. See, and Seems that's like the a tough Chris thing. thing. This is a tough thing, Jacob. You know, I was given the stat about Mississippi State and like the history at Bryant Denny. I, it's tough with Alabama using history as a metric right now in these rivalries and stuff, because I feel like this team is independent of itself, you know, because it's just been different. It's been just different this year than it's been. Um, and we had so much anticipation coming into this year for this team, um, you know, with, with the players that they have on it. I know that they've dealt with some injuries, but, you know, by and large, it's just been different from what we've accustomed to. So it's tough for me to look back at series history and things of that nature, uh, even like coaching matchups, um, and, and really feel like I have a good read on it because um, I, I think Saban's even like that. I think he's just trying to grasp um, and do the best job he can to get the, you know, uh, win in in the win column. You know, it's funny. Following a loss, uh, Alabama. So this is. This does not include last year. It's Texas A&M gave us before that. But 10 losses uh, from 2010 through 2019 in the regular season, which is crazy. <laughs> and they're 9-1 record after a loss. I don't know against the spread, but four of those opponents have been Mississippi State, and they've won all four games. So good so, news if you're Bama fans, but still. I just – I can't – I'm not going to blindly pick Alabama again until they prove to me that they're Alabama so, uh, they can prove it this week. They can. They can go into the bye week, prove it against LSU, dominate the bye week, and then lose to 10 and 2 <laughs> I mean, LSU. That bye week, what, what, what's the line there? 42? Yeah. The bye week. So, At least. Uh, lay that one. 
take taking Bama gets the bye week for sure. Uh, but be sure to follow us on social media at the Extra Point Pod on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow him on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. And that will do it for this edition of the Extra Point. He is Daniel. I am Jacob.